Welcome to More Than Movies. I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. Today we'll chat about the letter D and a web app. We watch a show about gods and series survival updates are back. It's time for Categorize. Okay, yes, I love this segment a little too much. <laughs> I keep bringing it back. It's so fun. So we've done A, we've done B, we've done C. What's next? D. So this is the segment where we both rhyme off five of our favorite movies that begin with the letter D. And then we pick one uh, as like, that's the best. So um, can I kick us off? Yeah, you kick us off. Great. I want to talk about a little movie called Diner by Barry Levinson. I've never seen that movie. Oh my gosh. Diner is great. It's got like Daniel Stern, Steve Gutenberg, Kevin Bacon, Mickey Rourke. Wow. Um, what a cast. Oh, I'm not done. We got Paul Reiser in there. Like it's a huge, huge cast. And it's basically just about these guys who, while living their life, they kind of come back to this diner. Just talk about where they're at it with the relationships or work or girl trouble or whatever. And it's always had a soft spot in my heart. I love it very, very much, but I know a lot of people haven't seen it. So I'm not going to spoil too much, but there's a great scene where Daniel Stern is yelling at his wife because his wife didn't put a record back in a certain place. And she was like, who cares about this stuff? <laughs> and he's like, I care. My friends care. We talk about this stuff. Like, we talk about what's on the this side of a record and on the B side and which is the better thing. Like, top five list. And it matters to me. And I'm like, man, that reminds me of somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Except with movies. So, uh, so Diner's on there. But then my number two is, well, I mean, these are not numbered. These are just my second one I'm talking about. Die Hard. Nice. Is it on yours? It's not on my list. Wow, okay. I love Die Hard, but... I don't love it so much that it's like the top five that I can think of D movies. Okay. So Die Hard is up there, like one of the best action movies of all time. It reinvented a genre. It brought Bruce Willis up, up into the ranks. We've got four other movies, whether they be good or not, totally up to you with John McClane and I, you know, Hans Gruber's great. I love going back to this movie. It's fantastic. Um, I mean, I agree. The movie's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's really easy to watch. So easy. Yeah. It's like a solid movie. Uh, this one might be on your list. We watched it recently for this podcast, and that is Do the Right Thing. It is not on my list. I think I like that movie more and more as the t as each day goes by. That's so interesting. I I love that movie. It didn't make my list only because... Uh, I don't know that I find it too rewatchable. Okay, I've already rewatched it two more times. What? <laughs> wow. So, like, literally only watch it this year. It's now in my, like, top 100 movies of all time. Amazing. Um, another little small film that people don't remember is uh, Kevin Klein in Dave. Right. I love that movie as well. It's like a Frank Capra movie, really. It's about a guy who looks a lot like the president, and the president has a medical issue, but they need to still represent like he hasn't because it was in a it was in a strange way. So they hire the lookalike to be the president, and he sort of does a better job. 
Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I've I find it endlessly rewatchable. It's you know one what? of the best. It is endlessly rewatchable. I wa- I have seen that movie so many times. He's so delightful. It's such he a lovely is delightful. Story. Um, yeah, it's also not on my list, but I do solid. These are all great picks. <laughs> and my last, my fifth one, I don't even know how I'm going to choose, but it is Dazed and Confused. Oh, shit. Which is like one of the greatest stoner movies of all time. But even if you're not like into stoner movies, it's it gives you a place in time. And even if you weren't born in that time, like me, it still gives you relevant issues that are to everybody. And I think Dazed and Confused is one of... The coolest cast, the best music. You you love that it takes place all in one day. And it, it ends with like a little, it's a little sanctimonious, um, but it's not preachy. And, you know, they're driving out to that Aerosmith con- concert at the end. I just think it's a fantastic film. Um, so those are the five D movies that popped in my head right away that I had to put on this list. I love the Days and Confused thing. It wasn't on my list. I guess I just didn't like see it as I was like combing lists to get inspired. Sure, no, I get that. I'm taking. You're taking it. I, I'm taking it. I'm taking. I'm throwing <laughs> dope. Dope was on my oh, list. Oh, I love dope. I love dope. But your Days and Confused is better. Like it, there's just something about Days and Confused. It's it's this perfect little piece. I can't even describe why it's so good, but it is. Uh, it's so iconic. The sounds of it, the music, the everything. I think music has such an important role to play in movies. Movies, totally. Like like not just score or whatever, but if you have a great soundtrack all the way through, it elevates the film. It totally elevates the film. It also. Con- puts the film in this like really emotional place it also grounds it in the case of days and confused totally like you could imagine yourself just being in high school last day of high school just listening to tunes all day and always those having them were on the tunes in that moment it was really well timed and such good choices i love that soundtrack there's two I love that's both of those soundtracks. I know. Like, that's how good it is. I love that soundtrack, too. I listen to it all the time. All right, so that's one on your list. So that's one on my list. Uh, I'm going to say Don John. Really? I love Don John. I am shocked that's on your list. I think it's endlessly rewatchable. I would agree. I I, I think it's one of the most... I, I remember watching it in theaters and thinking, oh my gosh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, you creative genius. He's so good. He's so good. I know. And it's one of his best performances. He really transformed himself for this role. And the fact that that's his directorial debut is also astonishing. He's he's like he does it every everything. I love this movie. It's on my list. Um, the next one I also love. Um, I'm actually not surprised it's not on your list because uh, oh, I think it's a little. I see, it's a little. I think you prefer heartwarming stuff. Okay. Oh, it's okay. Go ahead. Uh, it's uh, Django Unchained, which yes. is a lot of fun, but it's not heartwarming. I don't. I don't love Django as far as Tarantino goes. Interesting. I love Django, but I don't love that other one with the Nazis. Inglorious Bastards. Right. And you love that one, right? I do. Yeah. So I love Django. Django, I've seen it like five times already. I can rewatch this movie all the time. There's so much justice in it in some way. Like, it's so great when you can get back at those horrific slave owners and like... 
Isn't DiCaprio just one of the best villains? He's awful. He's just, oh, you love to hate him. I you do. Love to hate him. I do. It's a, it's kind of like the one we were talking about, Annie Wilkes and Misery. Yeah. Like, a part of you is rooting for this person. Like, you know you hate this person. This person's like holding people against their will. But a part of you is like, damn, you are a charming fucking villain. Yeah, I mean, I think for him, it's like you want him to go all the way there, be all the way before awful. He, Before you take him down. Yeah, that's exactly it. So you root for him insofar as... To make him the worst that you could ever imagine get, so that when get you, you get that, that vengeance, it's, that payoff is really there. And and I think Tarantino does that. So I love that movie. Um, here's one that you're going to be shocked I at. I do own it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do own it. Like it's, But it's not in your top five. It's just five. not. Yeah, it's just not in my top five. Okay. This one you're going to be shocked. Death at a funeral. Wait a minute. With. Uh, the first one. So, okay. The British one. The British version. I've yeah. never seen it. What? I know. Have you seen the American version? No. That's okay. the one I thought you were talking about. No, no. The British version, I saw it in theaters. Uh, I didn't even know. I, w- I just wanted to go to this theater in Toronto that I really love. Uh, I didn't even know what it was, but I wanted to go to that theater and they were playing it. So I watched it and it was amazing. Just so funny? So funny. Um, I've heard, I haven't seen the American version that it's not the same because okay. it's all, it's, this movie is so British. Like it's that dry humor. It's the s- sort of satirical, dramatic irony that comes into play. And that's what's worth watching. It- it's so frivolous and crazy. And like it's all the things that come out because this one man died and all the people that come to his funeral is so cool. Like I can't even say it because the twists and turns are really fun. Don't tell me. So no spoilers. When did it come out? Do you know? I maybe like 2008, 2007. The British version was that late? I think so. Wow. Okay. I I'm putting it on my to watch. Like I have a to watch list because I'm obsessed with film. We all have um, those. That is true. I'm putting it on <laughs> right now. Uh, what else you got? Deadpool. Deadpool. I love Deadpool. I know. It was so hard for me to. It was on my so. My list originally was 10 movies, and then I, I was I painstakingly eight. removing them. Me too, me too. And I got I to gotta say, like, that was a hard, hard one to take off. So tell me, let's talk a little bit about Deadpool. Well, we've talked about it so many times. I mean, on this podcast. We sure uh, have. But, like, it's just so good. Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool from the way that he moves to the way that he talks. I love the weird, funny jokes that come from this crazy action sequence. And I think it's that dichotomy that really elevates the film for me. It's so much more fun than your average action movie. And yet it's so much more like actiony and exciting than a typical action comedy. You're right. It does I agree. both full tilt and I love it. And they're not afraid to go anywhere in the Yeah, they'll go anywhere. Which I, which if they had decided not to do that, then it would not have worked. If you don't go full tilt with this movie, then you've got nothing. Also, one of the best romance like out of a superhero movie ever. Out of any movie ever. There you go. So, you know, kudos to them. Happy International Women's Day, everyone. <laughs> okay, you have given me so much to think of right now. Um, 
YouTube. I can't believe there's one on this list that I haven't even seen. Yeah. That is shocking to me. It looks like you're right. 2007. It was directed by Frank Oz, Death at a Funeral. So who's, amazing. Who's Frank Oz? Frank Oz did like In and Out. Oh my God, I love In and Out. <laughs> yeah. So he's done a lot of a uh, lot of funny funny comedies I over the years. I love In and Out. Okay, so here's the thing. I've got it narrowed down to like Dazed and Confused. What else was on your list? I'm not going Django. I'm not going Don John. Deadpool. I feel like Deadpool a little bit is still in this thing, even though I don't know because you just talked about Ryan Reynolds and they really did something amazing with that movie. For me, I think the top right now is Days and Confused, Death at a Funeral, and Don John. Uh, sorry, and uh, Deadpool. I gotta go Die Hard. You're going to go die hard. I'm going to go die hard. Amazing. I, you know, just looking through these, like, what have I watched the most? What what if it was on a list right now would I put on? Like, and not just what right now, but, like, I would always probably take die hard. I, it's got to be die hard. Like, Diner, I got to be in a specific mood, even though it's a fantastic film and maybe better than a lot of these others. Like, I'm thinking like you have you have all these D movies. I'm going to Die Hard almost every time. I'm going Dazed and Confused, which wasn't even on my list. It wasn't even on your list. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I I I just I can't I can't let it go as I whittle down this list. uh, I just can't seem to get rid of Dazed and Confused. I think it's super iconic, and I think it's going to be around for a while in history. So that's my choice. I agree. I think Dazed and Confused is an excellent choice. I I mean, it it took me saying it, but yes. (laughs) All right. I'm so excited for this week's break time because I have a really big pet peeve and I just want to even say it, even publicly. It's like you want to get it out there. I want to get it out there. Into the world. Into the world. Okay. Okay. So, uh, my partner and I uh, have an account at Scotiabank. Right. Together. And uh, and so, we signed up together. We did all this paperwork, all this jazz. At no point did anyone ask me what pronoun or title I wanted in front of my name. Right. Which is fine. I don't need anyone to ask me that. Uh, if I put had to put it in paperwork, which I don't remember needing to do, uh, I would have put Ms. Because that's what I go by. And it's on everything else that I fill in. Uh, and I go by Ms. Because it is specifically created so that a female doesn't have to indicate whether or not she's married or unmarried. Which makes sense. Because if you, like... Look at guys, they don't have to do that. Exactly. So since guys don't have like a Mr. and a... Mr. S. Exactly. Uh, I don't think that females should either. So it felt pretty simple to me. Go by Miss. It's a pretty old school thing anyways. Exactly. So we sign up for this account and we start getting mail and it's addressed to obviously both of us, but before my name is Mrs. And then I get cards, literal like cards with Mrs. written on that card. Like like a debit card? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're Visa debit things. Sure, but it's like, it's hard. Why? I know. So I'm upset about this because I never indicated One, after this, this is all done, I have to check and look at my debit card. <laughs> but two, continue. 
It's not on any of my other cards. I've never seen this before. So I call them to complain and I call both the president's office, which is where you're supposed to sort of call the larger complaints. And I was not upset. And I called and I asked them, I told them that this happened, that I didn't consent to that term and that I was really offended that the person who filled in the paperwork felt like they could go ahead and do this. Well, they they went ahead and made an assumption. Exactly. And uh, so and I said that that to me is really sexist, because in this day and age, you should be thinking about the needs of people or like the sensitivities out there, especially in customer service. So. And the girl, like, blew me off. What? Yeah, the girl on the phone totally blew me off. She th- figured that this wasn't, I but guess... You, you said it courteously, you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. She thought that it was an unimportant thing and that it's not sexism. So she just didn't agree with but me. But it's important to you. But it is important to me. And, and you are banking with them. Absolutely. And I told them, and I said, I'm calling so that you can ensure that this is in your training materials. I'm lodging a formal complaint so that you can educate your own workers. I'm not like emotionally upset that this one person made an assumption. Clearly, though, that maybe they need to be trained to be a bit more sensitive. Sure. Then I called to actually change my account over with a customer service rep. On the phone, she was really courteous. She agreed with me. She was like, oh, that's really like old school, whatever. Cool. Guess what? Well, they issue me new cards. They don't have any pronoun on them. But the envelope is still addressed to Mrs. Ivana Kingston. Like hmm. I called to complain that I didn't want that associated with my account in any way. And I was very specific. And I said I was offended by it. And I said that I thought that this was a sexist practice. I mean, those are some pretty hard hitting allegations. And I was very, those are the words I used because I really wanted people to take me seriously. Now, I was calm. You've also got a gig, some side hustles, you got the podcast, you're a working actress as well. Like, for you to call and take your time to do that, uh, you know, that takes away from all of the other things in your life. Totally. And now I have to go around and call again. I'm going to have to take to Twitter. I mean, this is just crazy. Like, crazy pants. Listen to your customers, people. And I do agree with you that people should take that seriously. Look, as a guy, I don't have to worry about that shit. And it sucks that you would. So, yeah, yeah, don't assume. If you've never, maybe you've never had the conversation before with somebody, but they shouldn't assume Ms. is fine. Yeah, Ms. is like the politically correct way to, to address someone if you need a pronoun. Right. And you were just trying to help and also get this shit fixed. Yeah. And if you're curious out there, you can Google, you know, Ms. Mrs. Miss. And there's a whole spiel and a lot to learn about why it is sexist. Well, there comes down to a lot of ownership of over somebody with the word Mrs. Exactly. Yeah. Like, well, she took my name and now she has Mrs. And now she's mine. But it's not, not necessarily the same way. Now... Maybe not everybody would be offended over that, but I think totally. if you are, you should be taken seriously. I agree. I think like it's still a term that's used, and if you like to use that term personally, I have no offense or any bother by that. Me personally. You're a miss. I'm a miss. It's app time. This is a web app. I want to be very, very clear here. 
This is a web app. Yeah, you have to go to a website. Not on your phone. Although there is an online, like a phone version. Yeah, there's a mobile version, I suppose, but you got to do it through your internet browser. Yes. And it's nowhere near as awesome as the actual web app that I just have open into tab now, almost always. <laughs> and this app is called Flick Chart. Okay. I know this has been around for a long, long time. I know it has. You can see it. Yeah. But I only just discovered it. You know what? And I only just discovered it. So that is why it is damn well on this app time. Yeah, you have uh, 1,141 rankings. And how many days have you been on it? Four. Four? <laughs> wow. I'm Maybe, maybe three. I think I'm at... I'm one day behind you, I think. Yeah, that sounds about right. And you have like less than 200 movies. Yeah. Although it's been, I, a, few, it's been a busy number of days for me, so that's why. I just love, I love it so much. It's like, like it's, I don't know. I don't know why I love it so much. It's just so amazing. Okay, let's back up for a second and explain to everyone what the premise of this web app is. Oh, right, what we're actually talking about. Right. Uh, so Flickchart pits two movies against each other. So it'll give you like a poster for, let's say, 10 things I had about you. And then next to it, it's Requiem for a Dream. And you have to pick one. Go, Ivana. Or you refuse and you click X. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're me, you would hit 10 things I hate about you and you would move on. And basically, I have done this ranking process. It actually keeps track 6,477 times. Wow. And out of that, it is ranked 1,141 movies. And guess what my number one movie is? Well. I can see what your number one movie is because we're friends. Yes. But it's Jaws. Of course it's Jaws. So the way it works is if there's a movie you want to add to your flick chart, you can just type it in and say, add it to my flick chart. And then you get to rank it against all other movies. And what's kind of fun is that there can be like some, like you can go by genre, you can go by a specific movie, you can go random. But if you go random... It's more fun because it's like movies you would never put together and and it puts into question, you know, which one is really your favorite. Exactly. And I have painstakingly for years put together almost every year a top 100 movies list of all time and pasted it onto my Facebook. And it has taken me days upon days of going through my movie collection or looking through magazines or articles. And if I had known Flickchart was available and are like, if I like a movie, I could just add it to my Flickchart, rank it. And now I know where it stands. Right. I, I like that. I do like that. However, it feels fair. And it gives me movies that I never would have considered. I never would have considered that, for example... The movie Payback with Mel Gibson. It is one of my favorite movies, but I never would have considered that it was my top 20. But lo and behold, it appeared one day and bang, now Payback is in my top 20 because everything before that, I'm like, no, it is better. I think you've you've amassed enough rankings that um, your flick chart actually is probably a fairly good representation of how you feel about these movies. Mine is still very early stages. 
Right. And like, I still and until a few minutes ago, until you told me how I can rank a specific movie, <laughs> Ferris Bueller's Day Off was at the top of my list. And I'm like, that's not one of my favorite movies. <laughs> I just happen to like it more than a few randos. And if you look into your list and you see something that's like, well, that doesn't make sense. You can just click re-rank and it re-ranks it with everything else that's in there. So I want to be clear about how the re-ranking goes. You don't actually choose your rank. So you can't be like, this is my number one movie. When you click re-rank, it pits that movie up against movies you've already ranked for like, I don't know, five times or six times or however many times. And then based on that, the algorithm re-ranks the movie. That's exactly it. So, okay. We know you love it. We know you've spent a ton of time on it. A ton of time. I just want to do one with us. Oh, fine. Because here's the thing. This is endlessly tweakable because all of a sudden a movie I never would have considered to even have on my flick chart pops up randomly and it puts it in and if it beat out a smaller lesser film in my little random choosing then it goes near the end of my list so right now I'm at the end of my list and I'm going to just see if there's a film here that maybe doesn't belong at the end of a list and just going through it I'm looking and the big short and how to train your dragon 2 are number like 1057 on my list. I love How to Train Your Dragon 2. It does not deserve to be near the bottom. So I'm just going to click on that right now. I'm going to re-rank this movie. I like it. How to Train Your Dragon 2 or Lucky Number Slevin. I'm going How to Train Your Dragon 2. Ah. How to Train Your Dragon 2 or It Happened One Night. I'm going It Happened One Night. How to Train Your Dragon 2 or The 13th Warrior. Now, I really like The 13th Warrior. That's a hard decision, but How to Train Your Dragon 2 is awesome. And that's winning. (laughs) Black Swan or Black Swan. (laughs) And finally, congratulations, How to Train Your Dragon 2 is now number 382. Nice. And that's probably more representative of over a thousand movies where I would stick that movie. Yeah. I, I Okay, so here's what I think of this app. The app itself, the concept is amazing. Like, this is so much fun. The giddiness that you're hearing from Jay is actually, I think, what this app has in potential. It could be, for any movie lover, what it is for Jay. However, the, like, you... I and the UX does not seem to stand up to like the use for me. And it moves slow. It's not optimized for speed. No. Nope. Uh it the design looks older like it was made in the early middle 2000s like 2006 2007. Oh yeah, it looks old. It looks old. Um it has that mobile version, but it's not responsive. So, nope. like, it's either your mobile version or you're scrolling sideways and up and down and all around. And Flickchart, I just want you to understand what you have here. It would be the perfect app. Yeah, it actually, this would be the perfect app. If you optimized it properly and made it quicker and more responsive, this app would be incredible. So, I think that this must be just the labor of someone's love. I don't see any ads. I don't see anything. Uh, what's interesting here is if you, there's also like a really active discussion area. 
Um, there's and it's very up to date. Very up to date. Actually, I added a movie while you were in the bathroom earlier. Oh, what did you? Would you add? Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Oh, see, I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, I love that movie. Anyhow, this. So, I mean, this, this whole flick chart thing. I feel like I wish it was even more like a social network, kind of like a place where I can really exchange in a more intuitive UX way. But what they built, the guts, the the nuts, the bolts, the guts, the features are all there. Uh, I think there's improvements to be had in the UX and the UI. And I think if they make those and they build it into an app, anytime I'm watching TV, anytime I'm on a bus, and I feel like I would just have it open always. Yeah. It's it's really fun. I, so and, go check it out. And I just want to keep tweaking forever. Oh, the fifth element or sunshine. How do you choose? <laughs> This is Top Drawer TV. All right. This week, we watched American Gods. So there will be spoilers ahead for the pilot of American Gods. Before we go on next week, we're going to do another take two. This time, take a movie Ivana loves. I remember loving anyway. And I don't remember liking it at all. And that is Biodome, starring Polly Shore and Stephen Baldwin. I don't know why I love this movie. It's like a shame, but I freaking love it. I can't wait. I mean, I can, but it'll be fine. <laughs> I haven't seen it since I was a kid. I'm very excited to rewatch. But let's get started with a quick synopsis of American Gods. After a brief precursor with this story of some Vikings, we fast forward to what appears to be present day, and we meet a prisoner named Shadow, who's just kind of waiting out the next five days until he gets released. Sadly, his wife dies, and they let him out early to go home to the funeral. On the plane ride, he meets a sassy old dude who offers him a job. He doesn't give you any details, but he offers him a job worth a ton of money. Shadow refuses. Oh, and we also get a glimpse of a crazy woman who screws people, and then her vagina sucks them into her. It's super awesome. Also, quick note, I have hung out with her. Uh, she's very good friends with a director that I worked with this summer, and uh, she's a fantastic individual in real life. All right, back to Shadow. So we watch Shadow go to the funeral and find out that when his wife died, she was totally cheating on him with his best friend, a truth he learns from that best friend's wife. Shadow is clearly upset but tries not to let it interfere with the event. Later, we see him grieving in his own way alone by his wife's grave, and then he's propositioned by his BF's widow. He turns her down, though. But then she gets really weird because at this point... He has taken up the old dude on the job offer, and while he's getting the funeral over and done with, he's walking away from the grave. He gets picked up by, and like, I shit you not, a steel sentient face hugger. That's really like the only way I can describe it. Once this thing grabs his face, he's transported to a world or a car, um, where some young kid is asking him what the hell the old man uh, he now works for is up to. Seeing his shadow has no clue 
what is going on. The kid has minions appear out of thin air and they start pummeling him. He drops to the ground and out of the transported futuristic world of the car. And that's when these minion things string him up on a tree and they're totally going to lynch Shadow and he's dying. But before he's ultimately dead, something insane happens and all the minions literally explode. There's blood all over the place and Shadow falls to the ground covered in blood. All of that is in the pilot, all the while not explaining to you who people are or what is really going on. Although, I've got my suspicions. Yeah, I think that's what the pilot's all about. It's all about these theories of who that person is, who could that be? Um, did you like it? I liked it. Did I you like really it? liked you it. You really liked it. Okay, I just regular liked it. I thought it was super stylish. It really made me go, what is happening? Like, a lot. So I just want to, like, say that I completely, utterly, vehemently agree with you. But for whatever reason, I liked that I didn't know. For me, it was a bit of the opposite. I wanted just a little bit more something to hook me in. I'm not quite prepared, I think, to, like, go with Shadow Moon to the ends of the earth. And I think that that's what ultimately is, is going to be it for me. Well, I actually wrote that down. What do you think of Shadow? I like him. I want to like him. But he hasn't done anything There's nothing yet. there. Yeah, he's kind I of- I mean, he this, beat the shit out of a leprechaun. He's a blank slate still. He hasn't created this, like, char- he hasn't grounded him the character yet for me. There's a scene where, and it was probably my favorite scene of the pilot- where this guy is doing coin ch- tricks next to Shadow, and that's sort of his bag. Um, and he's like, how did you do that? And he's like, I'm a leprechaun. I love that scene. And he's a really big, tall Irish guy. And he's like, what? What are you talking about? And he's like, nope, I'm a leprechaun. And you're just supposed to take this at face value. Because I think he is. I think he is. Yeah. And then he goes, I'll show you how to do the trick if we have a fist fight. And it's this bloody, insane fight. Yep. And I think that's the most I like Shadow the whole episode. Uh, I love that scene until the fight. And then I was like, Ugh, why are you people fighting? <laughs> well, they had to. He put down a challenge. I know, but like, why was that the challenge? Uh, because the leprechaun has problems with his identity. Why, why so much fighting? There's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of people who are like getting up in Shadow's grill. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I, I want to like Shadow, and I think as the story goes on, maybe I'll understand why I'm supposed to like him, but well, right now your, I just feel sorry for him. He's you, right? He's the window to your, like, he represents the everyman. But when he says what is going on, and it feels like so on the nose that, like, why don't you just walk away, Shadow? But now he's in it. He can't walk away. I don't think he ever had a choice. He can try to walk Whoa. away forever. You don't think he had a choice? No. I mean, like, think about how persistent Mr. Wednesday is. Oh. He didn't have a choice. All of a sudden, all these gods are, like, coming up to him and, like, they're seeking him out. What choice does he have? Yes. So these are definitely gods, right? Yeah. I mean, the show's called American Gods. I think that's a fairly safe assumption. I think so. Because going back to Crazy Lady, who's your friend, when she's having sex with people, she's, like, insisting they worship her. Yeah. And so I think... 
I've got theories. Now, I've never read the book. I don't think that she can suck. Me neither, but I will after this. Um, <laughs> and I do love Neil Gaiman. I've read a lot of his stuff, and I really love it. Um, but I haven't... I actually have never read any of his novels. So that's on my to-do list. But... Uh, so I, I believe that she probably cannot suck people into her vagina unless they're worshiping her. They have to uh, consent, right? Right. They have to give themselves entirely to her. Exactly. Um, do you have any theories about who these people could be? Because like I'm assuming they're they yeah. I'm assuming they're real gods, like real gods as far as you know Norse mythology and African mythology, and um, you know leprechauns are obviously like demigods from Ireland like there's all these different types of things appearing in here and I for the life of me can't figure out Mr. Wednesday that's not true you have a theory I got a theory I just don't know if I want to share it I think he's Odin or Zeus or Zeus well now you put Zeus in there like he could totally fucking be Zeus well only because Odin and Zeus are very much the same figure or Jupiter right like they're kind of the same character. They're but like the different... omnipresence in those mythologies. Yeah, the father or right. the leader or the whatever. But then who's the kid? He's a new god. He's an American god. He's an American god. So, like, so he's like, he talks in like internet speak and he talks in real like Silicon Valley. So maybe he is the, like the new god of tech. Right. Okay. See, see how much we're learning about this show. Like, not I, while we're watching it. I think that ultimately this show is going to come down to this like battle of gods, and I think that Neil Gaiman, and this is all just based on what I know about Neil Gaiman mostly. He will, and and reading a lot of his stuff featuring death, his version of death, FYI, so cool. Really? Yeah, it, she's like this young, young kind of like kind of goth but like kind of punk girl interesting and she's actually really like empathetic and like she just comes to take people to their death and and she's really like soft she's so cool she's one of the coolest characters i think i've ever read and where did you read this uh, what book numerous she's in no, a oh she's of she's kind of like a stephen king kind of character who goes and weaves through all the stories yeah there's well i don't know about all but definitely a lot a lot okay and uh so She's awesome. So I think you're going to see that. I bet you she'll show up in this. I hope so. I, I Because I think death counts as a god. The only thing that I don't understand really at all is why the hell Shadow got picked. That we won't find out for a while. I think you're right. But I think that I ultimately think... we've got a mix of like these references to gods we do know and have heard of. And they're the old gods. And then these new gods that Neil Gaiman made up. And uh, I think that that's going to be kind of the playing field and Shadow's going to be their pawn. I like maybe they're trying to vie for his soul. I don't I don't think that's it. Maybe he's a new god in his own way. He must be special in some way, shape or form. Shadow could be definitely a demigod and he doesn't know it. Because if you think about it, like how did all those minions explode? And I don't think that was. Oh, yeah, it could be. Good call. I don't know. I, I have to say. If you watch the first episode and you weren't swayed, watch the second episode. It's so much more engaging. I really just think we're going to have lots of conversation out of the show. I think so. I think it's going to be a really fun what's going to happen next kind of show. So I definitely recommend people watch it. 
Give it four episodes, and then if you don't like it, you don't like it. I mean, you haven't even seen the end of see episode two. I know I haven't finished it yet. For God's sakes, woman. <laughs> you don't even know what's about to happen. <laughs> Cliffhanger, I'm sure. <laughs> Series survival. Dun, dun, dun. We have another mid-season update for you, and that means we have new scores coming into the board right now. As you know, Ivana is up. By one. Three to two. Yeah, not, not by much. Not by much, but she is in the lead right now. So, hopefully I can take that lead back. <laughs> All right, NBC's Taken. We just got an announcement, so that's why it's in the podcast. You said no, it would not be renewed. I didn't think, I think it, I, I thought that Taken would be a lot like um, the, the one from the Bradley Cooper movie. Limitless. Limitless. And I thought that like Limitless, it would die. It did not. It did I not. said yes, and it was renewed. We are tied. We are tied. All right, so I was wrong. You were right. Did yeah. you watch it? I did. And? I, def- I couldn't. I could barely make it through the pilot. It was so bad. Wow. Oh, you didn't even make it just one episode and you were done. One. I wasn't going further. Interesting. It was so bad, Ivana. Did I didn't you? Watch, I didn't watch it. Uh, it, it. I was planning on it, but then other shows came along that I wanted to watch more. Damn those other shows. <laughs> uh, so next up, we had Time After Time, and that's the one where H.G. Wells is in the time machine chasing after Jack the Ripper. I and, remember. The one with all the weird plot hole things. I know, but- Or timeline but we, holes. We thought it was going to be renewed, both of us. Yeah, I I recall neither of us were particularly excited about this show. In fact, you were like, how does the timeline even work for him to go to the future? Because he started in London, jumped to New York. How do you even do that? And then you would obviously affect the past, so then you can't really exist in the future unless you always went to the future. Anyway, it's just this like big wormhole of thought. I don't like it. Uh, I didn't watch it. Did you watch it? I did not watch it, but and it was canceled. It was canceled. It was pulled after five episodes. So no points on this round. No. But yeah, after five episodes, that's like brutal. Yeah. Poor ABC. They, that That's a bad get. And so the last one is... One that we both said would make it. Yeah, we both said it would get renewed, and... It was totally renewed. So we Three are... Three episodes in! Right! And this is The Handmaid's Tale on Hulu. And uh, I believe that I said that it was going to get Emmy Awards. Well, we, ha- we don't know that. We don't know that yet, but... Oh, come on. It's pretty clear. I think this does have the makings for an Emmy-winning show. Absolutely. It's fantastic. It's so cool. When I watched this show, it really made me feel the way that I felt when I first read 1984. And I was like 13 or 14. So it's like this weird thing where this is brand new, but then I'm also getting all nostalgic. It's a really good show. Go and watch it. Either way. How is this Margaret Atwood? I didn't know she was like this. She has a name that sounds romancy. Yeah. Like if she was like Margaret Wittenham. If someone no, told me she wrote too. Harley Quinn novels, I'd be like, yep. Yeah. Or Harlequin. I don't know how to pronounce those. But Harlequin, she has a Harlequin. name like that. And this is nothing like that. This is such, It's a dystopia. It, it could rival like the Hunger Games. Uh, it's better than the Hunger oh, Games. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> anyway, 
it's amazing. Um, guaranteed to do this in a top drawer TV at some point. So we are going to just leave it here and urge you to watch this show. All right. So back to se- series survival. What are our standings right now? We are tied at four to four. Wow. So we've each gotten one wrong. That's right. Well, well, no, no, no. We've each gotten a couple wrong, but right. th- where are the standings? We both varied once. And one time I was right and one time you were right. Fair so enough. So that brings us to dead even. Till next time, friends, we'll see who will make it to the lead. Bum, bum, bum. So that's our show. Thanks for listening and be sure to tune in again next week. If you want to help us support the show, it's super easy. All you have to do is hop onto iTunes or whatever podcast service you use and give us a rating and review. We really appreciate it. Bensound.com is our intro song source, and we encourage you to check out all of our show notes for more information about our music. We got talented voice actors in there and where we get our sound effects. Jay and I also love hearing from you, so reach out. You can reach us on our website, morethanmovies.net. On Facebook at More Than Movies Podcast. Via email, hello at morethanmovies.net. Or you can always catch us on Twitter. I'm at Jester J. I'm at It's Savannah. Thanks again for spending some time with us. We'll be back next Monday, all new episode. Until next time, friends. Do more. And watch more. <laughs>